Butker trying to line this up. Winchester will snap it. Colquitt will hold it. Twenty twenty tie. High snap. Pull down. Butker's kick is up. It is right down the boulevard. It's good. And the Chiefs take a twenty three to twenty lead with four seconds left in regulation. And Harrison Butker kicks some. You know what? Welcome to the Chiefs Kingdom. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to another Arrowheads Abroad podcast show with myself, Brad Simcox, the Arrowheads Abroad Supremo himself, Tom Childs, and backing us up at safety is Dave Barnett. So, lads, Bengals game. It was a bit fun, wasn't it? Big blowout. Uh, it was extremely one-sided, wasn't it? Jeez. It's great, wasn't it? Was it's exactly what the doctor ordered, Dad. Easy, easy. That's what people used to do, didn't they? Like Soccer AM started that a few years That's ago. That's what yeah. Arsenal yeah. used to do when you used to be good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Big Daddy, wasn't yeah. it? Big Daddy the wrestler. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That was the one. Um, that was the one. Yeah, it was a bit easy. We, we, I mean, too easy. I don't like it. It, it was something's yeah. wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> well, I did say, lads. I did say forty-five seventeen, didn't I? Yeah, a little bit. Of me was really hoping that the well, I was hoping the Bengals wasn't going to score anyway. But even if I had a bet on yeah. the over. Um, I think I would have preferred for them not to score me lose my money than you be smug getting the exact score right. <laughs> the exact because score I, right. No, obviously, was, we've taken predictions for, for years now for our heads abroad, and yeah. no one has ever guessed the correct scoreline. People have been close. Never, really? Ne- never. No one's ever been close. and uh, Or had the exact one. No, I think Jeff has. Jeff got right, close. He got close. That's what he's saying. But he, he's not ever. No one's ever guessed the correct score. And I'll be damned if the first person to ever do it is you. <laughs> no, I was going to say the guy who's usually like the fucking worst on predictions as well. Yeah. Like honestly, just like the most red-tinted glasses in the world. It's like, yeah, we'll definitely win this one, sixty-three nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine if we just, recorded at half imagine time. if we recorded the show during the 2012 season like Brad would have been embarrassed a lot yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> oh massively god yeah god don't remind me of that season that was terrible I, I did wonder whether I'd made the right decision there mind 2 and 14 is basically the, the same as 14 and 2 14. isn't it <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 crack on with this game then, because uh, there was loads of things happening. I mean, the, the the offense. We keep talking about this offense being totally on fire, and it was again, wasn't it? It's it's becoming a, like a non-surprise now that this offense is just cooking all the time. But K- Kareem Hunt was absolutely unreal. I thought. I think. I think as soon as we we started giving him the ball a bit more, and he's making plays, and he was look more aggressive. He looked. Up for the game, and I mean that run that he had, where he looked as though he'd gone off screen, and then he come back on screen again, and then he hurdled the guy, and then took another four players with him. That was like that was the play of the game for me. Forty-one, forty-one is the magic number so far. I've just seen on Twitter yeah. out of forty-nine potential points someone's highlighted on the opening drives of this year's games. The Chiefs have scored forty-one points. Wow. They are setting the tone, and they are setting the tone early. So what's that? Six touchdown? Uh, no. Uh, five touchdowns, two field goals. Yeah, yeah. So they have scored on every single opening drive so far Jeez. this season. 
That's unreal. Yeah, uh, they've also won every coin toss so far this season, which is even more unreal. Um, so far, that, they've yeah. won all the coin tosses <laughs> of the preseason games and the regular season. Uh, odds of two thousand to one, apparently, <laughs> to, to get them so far. So breaking yeah. records even with the coin toss. Exactly. Going to say, yeah. you know what? Tom will be betting on next week, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't on the super on the Super Bowl on. this year. I had um, I had a tenner on the first play of the Super Bowl when it was either obviously run or pass and yeah. Skybet were offering four to one on it being a run so I just thought oh, chuck a tenner on that surely it's 50-50 what did the Eagles come out and do they give the ball to Nick Foles and make him pass it so yeah. I lost on that yeah but I've bet on worse I've bet on Lady, I've bet on Lady Gaga's hair colour before for the Super Bowl halftime show um, did you? Yeah. oh I remember you I, saying I, that I had yeah. money on it being purple you say pink purple, or something like that purple but you know she come out blonde should have, should have really guessed that shouldn't I um, but no back to the Chiefs they've come out and set the tone early in every single game on offense and basically put the yeah. opposing team's backs against the wall from the very beginning and you're right in what you were saying Kareem Hunt was the guy early on um, people f- often forget about Kareem Hunt because we've got so many other stars but as Collinsworth kept saying during the broadcast this guy led the league in rushing last year he's he, he's yeah. not a bad football player he's a terrific football player and that run, one run in particular just demonstrated absolutely everything we love about him it was just amazing yeah. I mean, it was even from the leap like he, he leapt a- over the defender oh. but not only did he just settle for the leap he thought what I'm going to do is I'm going to truck three defenders and he took about three or four of them four of them with him for about seven yards <laughs> yeah. it's just fantastic it really was <laughs> yeah no, it was really great play I mean the other thing as well that I really loved was where he uh, stiff arm perfect or he, he put his shoulder into him knocked him flying onto the floor and he was injured after that wasn't he yeah there was um, I think there was an emphasis to go after perfect on on Sunday night, it seemed like it from my point of view. Anyway, um, it seemed like yeah. the Chiefs were doing everything they could just to wind him up a little bit. Whether that's a smart move or not, I'm not too sure. But they certainly got the better of him and left a few digs, and obviously he left the game injured, which we can't complain about yeah. because he's a tosser. Yeah, correct summary. Yeah, exactly. The, the man <laughs> and the person that is Vontae's best. Let's talk about uh, Dave's man of the moment, though. Who's that, Mister? Oh, oh Daniel. Daniel! Yeah, he looked pretty good, didn't he? He looked pretty decent. He put some good big hits. I was going to say, I think hits. he's one of those guys that he's never going to be a every down inside linebacker type guy, just because he's not big enough. Um, but you just sort of look at these games, and you know, you look at what a lot of teams like to do with the running backs now and how they get them heavily involved in the passing game and you know even some of the the tight ends to an extent as well um and you know teams struggle because these guys are bigger than corners um and faster than linebackers and and for me O'Daniel's that like that perfect in between where he's got the speed to get sideline to sideline but he's also big enough that he can Lay lay a hit on on a guy when he needs to as well. You know, look at one of those hits he laid on Joe Mixon at one point on mm. Sunday night, and it's just like you kind of look back to that Patriots game, and you just think if you know you have a guy like O'Daniel on James White, it it looks you know you feel better about it than trying to ask a guy like Terrence Smith or Anthony Hitchens to try and do the same thing just because he's mm-hmm. he's got that sideline to sideline speed to stay with a guy like James White. Yeah. 
to me, yeah. is, it looks we've, like we've similar to what the Falcons have tried doing um, over the last few years with undersized linebackers, but quick linebackers, because they recognise that the game is becoming a lot more athletic and the passing game is taking over. So you don't really need the big run-thumping linebackers like you used to. So uh, Daniel looks like the perfect fit for the game in 2018. Maybe 10 years ago he might have been out of place and teams probably would have been wondering where a role was for him, but maybe that's because the game has moved on now that he has got a role. Like If you look at the snap counts, Anthony Hitchens was taking out of a lot of obvious passing downs um, for uh, Daniel to come come in. Whether that's down to the injury um, to Terrence Smith, we'll have to wait and see, but I'm hoping... And I expect that it's not down to that. And I, I feel like Bob Sutton may, may have finally recognised that there is a niche for O'Daniel and a, a reason to put him in on, on those obvious passing downs. Yeah. The, the, the scheme seemed very different, though, this time. Did you not notice? It seemed, though, it was playing more man. It was it was very much a, a pressured kind of uh, defence. You know, they were they're putting quite a bit of pressure on, on uh, Dalton. Is, have, we, have we suddenly unlocked... This defense that we should stick with now, or do you think he's going to change it for the next game and just frustrate us all again? Yes, I mean obviously, depending on the team you're playing on a week by week basis, you can't. There's not a one, you know, one fits all defense in the NFL. It's ne- it's never going to mm. work. You've got too many different offenses and different offensive styles that you you're never going to find a a scheme that fits every opposition you're going to play. Um, but it was certainly interesting to see how they played on Sunday. Like certainly, it seemed like they were trying to take the pressure off the cornerbacks a little bit, not asking them to play as much press, and sort of helping them out a little bit because they're not playing so close to the line of scrimmage. And you know, when that happens, you're inevitably going to get guys in behind you occasionally, just because. It's difficult from from press if if you don't get pressure and the, the QB can hold on to the ball for a little bit to uh, to cover guys for that long. So yeah, um, I do think it'll be interesting. I think I expect to see more press against Denver just because of Keenum's struggles um, and how they succeeded in getting pressure against the Broncos last time so I think they'll yeah. you know try and take away the quick passing game against Denver so I'd expect to see more press but yeah, yeah. I'd say I think it'll certainly depend on a week to week basis on, on on who the opposition is I was going to ask you a quick question on the, the Broncos then but that's going to be on our Thursday show yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to go straight into that and I was like no pull back the reins a bit pull back the reins um, you mentioned the cornerback spot there there's there's obviously when a big player comes available, we're discussing about it quite a bit, and we did it with Earl Thomas and everything. But Peterson is apparently now demanding a trade, and there seems to be quite a lot of teams in for him. Um, I haven't heard much about the Chiefs, though. Do you think we're in a position to snap this guy up? Well, good for him, first of all, for going after a trade, because too many players seem to get stuck in Arizona. Um, most notably, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry why, Fitz, why, why hasn't Larry Fitz, Why yeah. hasn't he left? the Cardinals because his career is just going into a pit of misery and it's going to stay there he's not going to win anything with the Cardinals he's had that opportunity he had that one amazing postseason in 2008 but that that's gone like so I, I'm happy he's too I'm loyal ha- 
Too I'm happy that Patrick Peterson has done this for his own sake because he realizes that he's not entering the twilight of his career, but it's it's he's coming. In the prime, it, it's I would coming. say he's in right yeah. in the prime of his career. So make the most of it. He's got two years left on his deal. Yesterday, if you believed what you read or saw on Twitter, you would assume that he was going to go to the Saints. Apparently, that was his yeah. ideal landing spot, and that's a deal they were going to try. And LSU out. guy, so exactly. So it makes sense, but. He's obviously proved too expensive for the Saints because they've just gone out and traded for Eli Apple. So you would assume that they are now out of the running. So that puts us, who are an obvious fit... What was the trade for, by the way? I'm just wondering, because I've seen that he got traded. I didn't see what so it was for. A fourth and a seventh. Fourth and a seventh. Mm. Yeah. So, well, less than Marcus Peters. Which is quite cheap, yeah. to be honest. I mean, there's still question marks over Apple, so I can mm. sort of understand why it's only a fourth and a seventh. But for, you know, for New York, considering he was a first-round pick, not that long ago it yeah. seems strange two and a, two to and give and up years ago. that quickly on it on a first round pick when you know they're cheap and you know you're not paying them too much money but we know all about that from march so <laughs> yeah we're, exactly i i feel like i um, new york are currently in the same sort of rebuild as our friends over in oakland uh, at the moment um they're yeah. they're both feel like they both want Nick Bosa. Uh, that's the way they're playing at the moment. I can see why you'd want Nick Bosa. I <laughs> yeah. hope the Giants get him because I don't want to be having to play him twice a year. Well, because well, if they get rid of, if the Raiders manage to get Nick Bosa, all of a sudden they look almost like a smart bet for taking the Khalil Mack trade on. Um, but we're, um, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out in April. But back to Peterson, I hope the Chiefs make a play for him. I really do, and I feels like everyone wants it, wants him to be. He might be a bit expensive, mightn't he? Mm, it's. I don't think his salary is the issue because his salary is actually very, very reasonable, considering he's one of the oh, best. No, I, meant, I meant draft picks. One, yeah. one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, I and mean, he's he's you know thirty five million over three years. That's not a lot of money yeah. in today's market. Um, the big issue is you're gonna have to give up a first round pick. As a minimum, yeah. and I'm mm-hmm. guessing the you're looking at what similar to what the Jets got for Revis, which was a first and a fourth. Yeah. As a minimum, I think that's what the Cardinals mm-hmm. will take as an absolute minimum, and I wouldn't be surprised to see if it was a first and a third, especially for a team like the Chiefs that are going to be picking so later yeah. in the draft. Um, so yeah. that first round pick's worth less. Um. So I guess it depends on how aggressive Veach wants to be and how close he thinks this team is because if they give up this year's first round pick, that's two years in a row that you know the Chiefs won't have picked in the first round. Mm-hmm. And it's not really something GMs, you know, outside of Bill Belichick, but Bill Belichick is, you know, Bill Belichick. Um you know, most guys don't like to give up first-round picks, and especially for a newer GM like Veach, he'll want a guy that he can call his guy that he he drafts in the first round. But it mm-hmm. it's just one of those. It's like guys like Peterson don't come on the market very often, and mm-hmm. I think when you look at how good this team is right now. It's just, it's, it's almost just like it's too good to pass up. 
because you, like, the offense is way ahead of schedule. Like you know, no none of us in our wildest dreams thought the offense would be this good this year. Um, we we thought they'd be good, but not and you know, you just you look at the rest of the NFL and outside of you know the Rams, um, you, you know, there's not a lot really to terrify you there, and. You know, you get a guy like Peterson, you get Sorensen back, he's back in practice. You know, Berry, yeah, expect him to be back some point this year. So all of a sudden you're looking on the back end, you know, Jordan Lucas is playing really, really well at the minute. So, you know... Scandrick is as well. Um, so if you look at that, and you, th- you know, Fuller, while he's not been as good as he was last year, he's certainly not been bad, and definitely you would expect to come back into form a little bit later in the year. So, you know, you get a guy like Peterson and that back end sort of a sudden goes from looking dreadful to, you know, when you're making a playoff run, looking pretty, pretty good. And it's not like the team isn't getting pressure up front either. So we feel like in a space of a few minutes, this we could come around to making a case for the defence being half decent with the addition of O'Daniel on the passing downs with Berry and Peterson and with the pressure they've been generating up front all of a sudden you could look at defence as not maybe not necessarily a strength but not the glaring weakness that it is at the moment like you look when you ever whenever, whenever anyone talks about the Chiefs the Achilles heel the elephant in the room is always a defense. But can they? Can that defense do anything in January? If they play a decent team in the cold in January, are they going to get torn to pieces? Well, at the moment, you'd probably lean towards that. Yes, they possibly could do. But if you sign Patrick Peterson, if you play O'Daniel, if you bring back Sorensen, if you bring back Berry, if you still rely on D Ford and Chris Jones and Justin Houston coming back playing well, then this team could make some serious noise in the playoffs. I'm all for it, and so are the fans. I don't know if you guys saw, yeah. there's a guy standing outside Arrowhead today yeah, on the freeway yeah. with a sign saying Pat, Pat needs Pat. Pat needs Pat, yeah. Pat needs Pat. Hashtag Pat needs Pat. Pat needs well, as Pat. I tweeted out, not all, not all heroes wear capes, and that man is my hero. Um, and we should... We should, it's not Clark Hunt, is it? <laughs> and I feel like if if if, um, if we do end up signing Patrick Peterson, we should find this guy and get him on this show yeah. next week. <laughs> I, I, I think there's one thing as well I do have to say, because I know, obviously, one of the biggest arguments I've seen against Peterson is that there's more glaring holes on the defence, mm-hmm. um, especially up front in the run game. But it, it's just one of those, you kind of look at the offence and go, not a lot of teams are going to be able to run the football like mm-hmm. they want no. to against this team because you're going to run yourself out of games against the Chiefs because the rate the Chiefs are scoring time's going to run out on you before you can get back into the game Um mm-hmm. so yeah it's just I think with the way the NFL's going as well and how passing has become more and more prevalent year on year in sort of the last three, four years. I think as good as you can get on the back end, go for it. You can never have too many good yeah. defensive backs in this league anymore. And we saw, we've seen ourselves what like a really good corner can do for the team because Marcus Peters made an average-looking secondary look good for a number of years because he was basically yeah. locking down one side. And in Peterson, you've definitely got a better player than Marcus Peters. He's not as... Um, unreliable on the deep ball he's not as much of a ball hawk as Marcus Peters he doesn't take as many risks he will just go and lock down one side for us and if we can lock down one side then, then we really are laughing 
Like, just go out and do it, please, Veach. Just, just from all of us, every single one of us, we want you to go and make this trade. If it costs us a first rounder, it costs us a first rounder. It's going to be the thirty-first or thirty-second pick anyway, so who cares? And it's not a rental. That, that's that's the thing you have to remember. It's not a rental. You've got the guy for two and a half years if mm. you trade for him. Yeah, he's great. That's our window, that, isn't it? Well, I'd like to think with Mahomes, if he's as good as advertised, the window's fifteen years. Um, but that's with him on his rookie contract and having money to spend elsewhere. Then yes, that that is the window, and it, it's just yeah, he's not crazy expensive. You know, you've got him tied down for a little bit, and I say it just it just makes the team so much better. Yeah, I think we're all agreed there that our next two to three years is our window really to finally get that Super Bowl that we've all created. I, I feel like. It's, um, I, f- I feel like it's the window open at its widest in the foreseeable future. Yeah. Purely because of two reasons. Obviously, you've got Mahomes on the rookie contract. You've got all of these young offensive skill players. And you've got an AFC which doesn't really know its ass from its elbow at the moment. But Which we'll get yeah, on to in a minute. Exactly. So, <laughs> with all these teams coming up with some young quarterbacks, you don't know what state the AFC is going to be in in a few years time so mm-hmm. as you look at it right now yes you would probably say that the the window is open the widest it's ever going to be that's not to say what it, it yeah. won't be in a few years time but we we can't foresee the future so yeah the Chiefs need to make the most of the here and now and the here and now is a Super Bowl run so yeah well let's let's talk about the AFC West in a way uh, obviously we'll talk about the Denver the Denver game in our Thursday um, podcast but there's been quite a bit of movement going with the uh, Raiders. <laughs> John Gruden um, never ever leave, please. <laughs> Although you please know what, leave. as much criticism as they've given the Raiders this year, they've actually rinsed the Cowboys on mm-hmm. this. Rinsed yeah. them big time. It, it is, I think there's a rabbit away there. A first round pick for Amari Cooper. Insane, Sorry. absolutely insane. I, I like I just who agrees to that I just I don't, Jones. <laughs> I don't get it it doesn't uh, like, I don't like because I don't look at that Cowboys team and think oh they're a receiver away from getting getting over the <laughs> yeah. top do, do you know what I mean it's not it, yeah. it doesn't look like that missing piece and especially for a guy that like Cooper who has had his issues with drops and has not looked like a number one receiver for the best part of 18 months. It just seems like such an insane price to pay. I, 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 you have to feel like there must have been better guys available for less. So I, I just don't understand their thinking there. It seems insane. I, I can't, I can't imagine any other team going in for him though. It just, it, it, it just didn't seem that it didn't seem right that. The, the Cowboys were giving away a first round pick I mean I could probably understand it if there was a bit of a battle for him but I didn't hear anybody else link it just seems so weird because the Cowboys of late have drafted really well to be fair to the last yeah. five six years they have drafted really really well like I remember when they picked Travis, Travis Federick and everyone was going oh why are they taking a centre so high really like, but, the first round, but yeah. that turned out to be an incredible pick and yeah but they, they have drafted really well so for them to give up a, what's probably going to be around the 10 or early teens pick up for Amari Cooper just doesn't make any sense like this guy's now going to have have 
two first rounders spent on him one by the Raiders and one by the Cowboys mm. and I don't know if we've seen any production that warrants it whatsoever no it's, it's the strangest all. thing I, I, I was ready to laugh at the at the Raiders for their, their especially their Khalil Mack move and the way they're playing and how terrible they've been and whatever but it, it does worry me a little bit now that they've managed to get a first round pick for Amari Cooper and now they've all of a sudden got three five very high first round picks in the next two years of which the next, the yeah. first three next year will all be reasonably high. So uh, you Chicago, won't be, Chicago maybe late teens, early twenties possibly. Well, that that that's what leads me to think now. I mean, there's a lot of you know rumor mill going again about Derek Carr. So it means that if they get another first round, pick yeah, they're for not going to get a first round surely, pick with Derek Carr with the way he's playing at the minute. Well, if they can get it for Amari uh-huh. Cooper, <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> they can probably uh, get two first round picks. I think his contract in. will be the reason um, why he won't get tra- traded. Yeah, but clearly, hundred million left on his contract and uh, yeah. four years, isn't it? Still, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing him going anywhere anytime soon. They're clearly tanking though, ready for Vegas, and the big thing they're going to be getting there is a quarterback, isn't it? A franchise quarterback from a draft. That is what I they're going to be going. I don't think they're done with Derek Carr. I think, no. um, yeah, I think, I think they, they still can see... get rid of him. It's, it's way too much cap dead cat room at the minute I, yeah and I just I feel like that okay he's playing badly and he's we've never rated him as Chiefs fans as highly as the national media do because maybe because we watch him a little bit more than say other teams do and we've seen how he's performed mm. in Arrowhead and whatever against us he's only had one good yeah, season he's not, he? he's not for me he's not the greatest quarterback but I still think he's serviceable and I yeah. feel like if the Raiders could get some nice pieces around him they could make some noise. I st- I st- obviously, still got qu- coaching question marks because John Gruden seems to be ballsing up everything on that side of the thing. So the the Raiders are mm. a million miles off. So even if they do keep Carr, I- I'm I'm not scared. Even if they do get Nick Bosa next year, I'm not scared yet. Um, they they aren't the team we've got to worry about in the AFC West, and they they are they are light years away. Um, it's the Chargers, yeah. obviously, we've got to worry about because they seem to be turning on okay against lesser opponents, but they seem to be putting a little bit of a run together now. But how long has Philip Rivers got? Well, Tom Brady's still playing at 41. Mm. Uh, Tom Brady reckons he can go till 45. Um, And these quarterbacks look after their bodies. At the end of the day, okay, they take some hits, but Philip Rivers, like Tom Brady, is just a pocket passer. So they stand there. They're not not relying on their mobility. They're not like Russell Wilson or even a Patrick Mahomes, you could argue. You're not even looking like a guy like Rodgers, who's, you know... Even though he's a pocket passer, he's still been known to cause himself a few problems by not knowing when to give himself up at times mm-hmm. with the, you know, it's caused the broken collarbone a couple of times. Whereas you just don't see Brady take that sort of risk at all. Um, but I, I say, I just think, like, with the Raiders, it, it seemed, it would be strange to give up on the car at this point. And especially as you've seen with the Jags, with Bortles, you only need a guy that can be decent to, to, you know, to be within a shot with the Super Bowl if your defense is good enough. Um, You know, not everyone's going to follow the Chiefs' blueprint of high-powered, high-scoring offense. Um, So, yeah, I say, I, I doubt there'd be give up on him quite yet but I I wouldn't have thought that they would have traded Khalil Mack or Amari Cooper before the season starts so who knows what's going on in the mind of John Gruden 
Well, yeah. I mean, who knows what's going on in the mind of uh, the Giants and the Jags as well? Because I mean, they're having a bit of problems with the uh, with the quarterbacks. I mean, you never know; they might just throw in a daft a daft trade offer for uh, Carr, and it might actually be on the. On well, what the, it does go to show, what it cards. does go to show, is how strong a case Colin Kaepernick does have in his collision yes. because how that guy hasn't got a job and yet Cody Kessler's finding himself walking off the bench uh, in an actual you've got David Anderson starting football games Derek. it's uh, Derek, Derek, Derek the fact that you Derek. can't even remember his name says exactly. enough about exactly uh, that yeah. cheers, yeah. cheers for the save uh, Dave but yeah don't worry about um, it I got you nobody noticed mate nobody noticed <laughs> but um, nobody noticed. <laughs> yeah it just so yeah you know Del Anderson um, he I, it's just mad that Colin Kaepernick hasn't got a job I still think the, the the Jaguars were mad for not going after Alex Smith last year. I I felt like that. I, I just think there was no way the Chiefs were going to trade him to the Jags. At the end of the day, I just I just I why why trade him in conference? Just makes no sense. I would have thought there was a list of teams that um, the Chiefs wouldn't have traded to. That would have included the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Jags. Straight up. Yeah. Why? You just you just make things worse for yourself at that point. Mm. So, you know, they traded him to the team that we're not going to have to play for another four years. So, well, this smart is another, move all around. Yeah. This is another case for making or going after Patrick Peterson because you want to get him before the Patriots go and get him. Like, for like a seventh round yeah, pick so a lot of as well. exactly. yeah. that's what Bill Belichick will do he has dirt on the GM of the Cardinals and he's going <laughs> to use it to get Patrick Peterson for a sixth rounder and a happy meal that's that's, that's how he's yeah. going to get hold of him so th- this is this is how or what the Chiefs need to do they need to stop the, the, the Patriots making themselves stronger like look at they got Josh Gordon for a what, fifth round pick was it yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. there was reasons behind that, though, at least. Um, you, know, it, you know, kind of why we only got a second and a fourth for Peters, as much as I still think it was a little on the low side. Like, you know, there was reasons he didn't go for what his talent probably has him valued at. So, But in the case of Peterson, he's the the model professional and teammate and leader as well as being the all pro football player so <laughs> yeah it's you know th- th- i don't think there's going to be any discounts on there on peterson's head yeah yeah all right that's been nice chat with you yeah it's nice, nice of you to show Enjoyed up it. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm a bit of a diva at the minute i am turning up late for these podcasts at the moment but what are you gonna do what are you gonna do hey <laughs> oh uh, yeah, a bit of news. Um, the on IR we've got Terence Smith and Jordan Devy now. Which uh, yeah, that was a a bit of a blow for Devy. Yeah, he played played well. Um, I say it's. Uh, I don't know what the the time frame on Morse is. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that he can be back soon. Um, and we've already signed Jeff Allen, so you're hoping that we've got enough there. Um, and the Smith one, I'm not really that fussed about. Like he's kept yeah. mainly as a primarily as a special teamer anyway. And with the way O'Daniel played against the Bengals, I, you see, I'm hoping that just means he gets more snaps and he can play more. Yeah. So you think it's worked out better for us? But certainly the the Smith one, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, 
Go after yeah. the Raiders, okay. get Rodney Hudson back, and rebuild the 2014-15 O-line. That's what I say. <laughs> you, you live in the past, you, don't you? <laughs> you really do. <laughs> All right, then, lads. Uh, well, I think we'll leave it for them. Uh, that's it for this week's Arrowheads Abroad podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the show again. Get involved in the discussion points on the Arrowheads Abroad Facebook page and Twitter page at KCChiefs underscore UK and also subscribe to the Arrowheads Abroad YouTube channel. Not only that, but if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave comments about the show on SoundCloud and iTunes. So, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.